Welcome to another episode of the Mindset Athlete Podcast with me, James Roberts, transformational coach, two-time Paralympian, and TEDx speaker. I have another awesome episode for you today, so let's get straight into it. And on today's show, I've got Hector Picard. Hector is an internationally known motivational speaker and triathlete who lost both arms in an electrical accident 29 years ago. A husband, father of four, and grandfather, he's finished over 230 triathlons since 2009. That includes six Ironman distances and the Ironman World Championships in Hawaii. So welcome on to the show, Hector. Hey, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. Oh, no, no. It's my, it's my honor. So obviously, let's go and talk about you've obviously finished 230 triathlons since 2009. That's no small feat to start with. <laughs> It uh, it was a lot of work uh, early on. It started as a form of therapy to, to deal with my my divorce and everything that was going on, and it, it just led to a career in the uh, USAT Hall of Fame. So you you, you downplay it. It's not very American of you to, to, to be so humble. <laughs> you know what? I'm living my life. I, you know, I enjoyed I enjoy it. I enjoy the sport. I missed it this past year, uh, but uh, I'm hoping to get back at it really soon. So talk us, what, what is the transition like going from triathlon to Ironman? Because obviously from my understanding of it, pretty much the, the Olympic distance of triathlon is no small feat. It's pretty brutal. But then obviously you go from that to uh, the one that's on Hawaii, which is pretty hardcore. Talk to us about that transition because it's not something that happens overnight. Well, the obvious thing is the uh, pace. Um, I, I think I did um, my first year of competing. I did about 10 races and then I moved up to a, a half Ironman. Um, you know, I'm not the fastest, but I can go on for a long time. So I, I truly enjoy the Ironman distance. It does take a lot of training, a lot of time. Uh, for me, it's a long day. It's 16 plus hours, give or take. My fastest was 15, 13 um iron hawaii was fit uh 1645 so i'm out there a long time i'm overheated uh but i enjoy i enjoy that 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 challenge and that thrill of completing that race and and doing something that most people would think that someone like myself uh would be impossible to do so i i definitely enjoy the uh the challenge why do you think for other people's perception now it would be a challenge for somebody that has an impairment? Um, you know, for a lot of people, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about your average uh, person that doesn't, you know, compete in triathlons or they, they see, you know, they say, oh, I can't even run a mile. You know, they're already putting that negative spin on everything they do. Um, you know, forget about someone without arms doing the distance of an, an Ironman triathlon. Um I, I just, you know, I, I, I dig it. I, I definitely enjoy that part of it where they think, oh, that's impossible. Yeah, no, it, 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 can, it can be done. It's been done. <laughs> so I, I definitely like uh, overcoming that and, and letting people know that uh, what, what we are all capable of doing, basically. So definitely enjoy it. Are you somebody that enjo enjoys pain then? Pain? Um <laughs> I'm living, uh, you know, we live with it. I live with it all every day, you know, in one, one fashion or another, but, um, I, I enjoy the, uh, 
grueling part of it, of, of getting close to not being able to finish this, but getting over that hump and, and finishing it. And Hawaii was a perfect example. Hawaii took me two tries. Uh, the first one uh, almost passed out on the bike and they took me off the course at mile 80. The second time I felt the same way going into mile 80, but I remember there was a water station not too far ahead. And all I had to do was get to that water station, um, cool off, uh, hydrate and keep going. And that's what I did. So I enjoyed that, that pushing it to the limit and, and getting over it and, and, you know, finishing what I set out to do. So what would you, what would you call that resourcefulness in terms of striving for the next milestone? Um, I just, I just think that, I, you know, re- being relentless, being, uh, you know, I, I had other things helping me motivate me to get to that point. Um, the second time I wore a sleeve of uh, children I had raced for the year prior. And these are all children under 24 hour care that they don't have that choice to quit on life and they got to keep going. And, and, you know, I use that to motivate me to say, uh, they don't have the choice. I don't have the choice either. I got to keep going. So I use that as an inspiration to get me over that hump and, and it worked, um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I, just being stubborn and, and, and you know, when I, once I say I'm going to do something, I got to do this. Uh, luckily enough, I was able to get into Hawaii the second time. So it, it was definitely a long shot, but I had a shot and I took it and I went for it and I finished it. And would you ever try and do some of these kind of, how would I describe them? that tests your resolve more mentally than more physically. So say the marathon, de sable or uh, one that has bring, brought to my attention uh, of the, what's it called? The Norseman in, in Norway. Would you ever wanted to try some of these things that it's not, it's not just physically you're being tested, but obviously your mental resolve. Yes. I, I, I would love to challenge myself even further. I, I was, um, I was supposed to do a, uh, what they call a double anvil, uh, which is a double Ironman, you know, straight through. They give you 36 hours to do it and you got to do the double the distance. And unfortunately, you know, with COVID and everything that the training wasn't there, uh, I'm having some sort of foot injury. So that's been difficult this year for running, but yeah, I, I love the, uh, the challenge. I want to do the, the, the biggest and the most grueling and, and just show it can be done at least attempt it. Uh, I'm not afraid of anything out there. Um, uh, I, I I would love I would love that challenge. I've actually ridden my bike across the country twice, and that was pretty grueling. Uh, but I you know I just love the satisfaction of completing something like that. But yeah, I'm, I'm the Norseman is uh yeah it's a it's a cold swim from what I understand. But that that would be a cool race to to attempt. Well, that that was just just to like hear the, like the backstory of it. You you get it. You only get a certain T-shirt for completing some of the course. So like, it would make you want to come back, doesn't it? In terms of, I think it was it. You only get the black T-shirt if you f- if you finish it completely in the, in the in the actual time. So I think well, that's that's pretty brutal in terms of it's going to push people to probably do some idiotic things. In terms, but but I guess the marshals say no, 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 no. As in, you you're past the limit physically. It's not safe. Yeah, they'll, they'll definitely. Sometimes you you need outside 
uh, forces stopping you from from making a mistake that could you know cost you your life or permanent injury. Uh, definitely those, those, those races, I have a couple of friends that did attempt those and it, it's brutal. And before your accent, Hector, were you, were you quite active and quite to, to those kind of heights or, or not really? Um, not really. I play team sports. I always tell the story that when, when somebody came up to me and asked me, Hey, have you ever thought about competing in a triathlon? My response was, um, I'm not a swimmer i'm not a cyclist and i hate running sure i'll i'll, I'll give it a shot um but no yeah uh, i played more team sports i was always um hard-headed stubborn uh didn't like when people told me no you can't do something and when i did stuff i tried to do it as best as possible um, i gave it my best all the time no matter what the uh task was but as far as sports, it was more team sports. I played basketball, I played baseball, football, uh, American football, but nothing, um, uh, nothing like uh, a triathlon. So, what kind of convinced you to go to to uh, a solitary sport like that? Because it's pretty. There's nowhere to hide in a in a, in an individual sport, and obviously, well, swimming. I was a swimmer a long, long time ago, but. Obviously, those individual sports will kind of say to all triathletes are just the uh, the average the average dude in all those sports. But it's pretty difficult to do a fifteen hundred meter swim, flat out, twenty mile twenty mile bike, etc., and then obviously do do a marathon at the end of it. Um, what possessed you to come outside of what was relative comfort for you from a team team dynamic then? It was the, um, again, it was, a, it was a form of therapy. So, you know, I, I looked at the issues with me would be, how do I swim and how do I swim quick? And then how do I, in the transition, how do I do transition? My goal was to do it by myself. I didn't want assistance at all. So that's what I set out to do. Um, the bike, the same thing. How do I modify a bike? I was told it can be done. I had to do it myself. And then after all, everything is said and done, I got to get over the fact that I don't like to run, but I got, I want to improve. I want to get better at it. So I did like the challenge. I did like the, um, just to get the reaction out of people, uh, you know, first thing they, they, they do is look at me, how are you going to swim? How are you going to do this? How are you going to do that? So being able to overcome those challenges, those issues, those problems, uh, was very satisfactory. Um, I swim on my back and I use a breaststroke kick. Uh, the bike is modified to where I put the the uh, brakes on the frame and I use my right knee to apply the brakes. I have a cylinder device attached to the handlebars and I slip my residual limb or my stump through there and that's how I, I ride the, uh, I steer. And then uh, shifting now is with the electronic shifting. The first 20 or so races, I couldn't shift. So if there was a bridge, it was a hill, whatever, um, I had to do it in the same gear I was riding throughout the entire race. And then the run, after using my legs in the swim, the bike, now the run, it's, it's extra more difficult, you know, extra difficult, but uh, still the same satisfaction of completing the race, inspiring people along the way. And, and just, you know, I love the reactions. I love the reactions of others. Is it quite uplifting? In, in normal times, is the crowd quite uplifting for you? Because obviously you're doing something that's unconventional with not having all your limbs. Yeah, it, it is definitely. I always tell people there, there, 
when when folks go to races to, to spectate, they're usually looking at the pros or the elite, and they're also looking at the disabled athletes, the para-athletes, because, I mean, I am working twice as hard as everybody else. I am. Um, I may not finish first, but I am giving more effort than, than most athletes out there because I, I, I've got to deal with so many other issues. Uh, but it, it's definitely satisfactory. So you're quite happy now to see the rec- recognition of uh, paratriathlon in, in the, Paraly- the Paralympics then? Yes, it's come a long way in the last 10 years. Um, I, I love it. I love it. And, and in, my, in my case, I would love at some point to see a double arm amputee. I haven't seen one yet. Uh, I've seen triple amputee. A buddy of mine is a triple amputee. Uh, he's missing both of his legs. But to miss both hands or both arms, I haven't seen any others. I'm hoping to see one soon. Well, obviously, hopefully your story will resonate with with uh, somebody around the world. And what's what's your take on? I think it's NBC fi- finally, and this is me coming from from Paralympic standpoint from myself, actually showcasing it on um, primetime TV. Uh, um, uh, what the the, para, uh, the Paralympics. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I, I love it. I love it. I um, I think London was the first time they did it, right? Uh, or was it before that? No, I think London was the first time for them. But as in to actually kind of give it the recognition and pride, properly give it the parallel status to the Olympics. Do you think it's about? Do you think it's about time? About time yeah. it's been done. It's as inspiring as heck. Uh, I love, I love that, that that they are highlighting that and, and making it uh, its own, its own event on its own, and and giving it the intention that it deserves. Would you have liked to uh, like paratriathlon to be maybe come into your life a lot sooner than, and you maybe have the opportunity to represent your country? I was asked a long time ago, uh, but I'm 54 now, and uh, these these young guys are and women they're are incredible athletes. I, I was never an incredible athlete and to see someone in their twenties or thirties, I mean, they blow me away. There's no way I wouldn't even be able to make it. I definitely uh, had an opportunity, but I'm just not, not fast enough. And, and now I'm, I'm an older gentleman now. <laughs> Would you like to see like more, more master events then? And that's not really nice really calling it that, but as in, as in like categories that re- recognize, uh, limb difference and you know limb loss in terms of like equal status towards able body like, and you've got like categories as you progress through the the I, yeah. I, I yeah they definitely have to be a little more specific but it's it's, it's very di- I would imagine it's difficult um right now I think there's like five or six when when we do para, uh, paratriathlons. There's uh, six categories, if I'm, I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, it, it, you know, in the uh, Paralympics, it, it's it's difficult. Uh, you know, if you're missing an arm, if you're missing is missing a finger, same as missing an arm. You know, I mean, there, there's got to be limits and there's got to be specifics with it. Uh, to well, be that's, fair, that's where it gets difficult in terms of, you know, you're going into the the minute details of like technical details like that. Uh, from a physical standpoint, yes. It, it would make a massive difference, but they can't create hundreds upon hundreds of classifications. So I, I get them. I get from that perspective, what you're talking about, Hector, is we can't dilute it completely because just so people have a better understanding. I, it come, I think it comes back to probably 
education and knowledge of of showcasing well this is how it impacts the person on a day-to-day basis and looking at their ability in sport not their disability correct correct and i i've actually competed uh in uh i think it was only three events where it was uh all all physically challenged or all para-athletes um i usually compete you know, able with able body uh, individuals. And, and usually I'm one of, of two or maybe three uh, para athletes in an event. Um, you know, it, it was great. Uh, I did New York a couple times and to compete among uh, other challenge athletes or, or para athletes was uh, impressive. And even then, you know, I, I, I was younger and they still beat the heck out of me. So, but uh, my thing is go out there and, and enjoy the sport and, and, you know, hopefully inspire others along the way, especially the kids. I, I, my, my goal is to, to be an inspiration for children with disabilities and, and to be their, their role model. So what drives you to keep coming back time after time? I try to incorporate uh, exactly that, you know, the, uh, partnering with a, um, a center nearby and, and having, you know, race for different children. Uh, what I do in most occasions is uh, wear a picture of a different child uh, throughout the event. And then uh, once I get my medal, we do a medal ceremony for that child at the center and I present that medal to them. Uh, I've done that with the Boston, uh, the Boston Marathon, my one and only Boston Marathon. I gave that, that medal to a, a child battling cancer who unfortunately is no longer with us. Um, the uh, Hawaii, the Ironman medal, I gave that to the center that I raced for, and that's on their on their wall. Um, I don't keep any of the medals. I, I usually find a child, if I'm not racing for one, I find a child in the audience or in the spectators, give that medal away, um, you know, in the hopes that they'll go home and they'll do some research and say, wow, you know, and, and then, you know, spread the word. Listen, we're all, we're different yet we can accomplish great things so it's very un-american of you in terms of not having anything to to reminisce so so do you use more of you know like visual cues for yourself to remind you of what you've achieved in terms of like pictures obviously you've got vivid memory of what you've achieved is that more what you hold dearest as opposed to what's materialistic. Correct. Yeah. It's just the experience, you know, I'm always trying to do a destination event, uh, you know, something that, you know, it, it'd be nice. The more exotic, the, the, the more my wife will come. <laughs> if it's uh, down the street and eh, she's seen it, been there, done that. She doesn't want to go. Um, my next event is, or bigger event that I'm doing. I'm, I'm going to swim around a, a place called Mackinac, uh, Mackinac, Mackinac Island in uh, Michigan, Lake Huron. And it's a 8.2 mile swim, and uh, it's it's a it's a favorite place of my wife and I. And I figured, okay, they're having an inaugural swim, and I want to be a part of that. Uh, I've done swim around Key West. Yeah, I mean, there there are events where I remember little storylines and little things. In Key West, uh, the one thing that uh, when I swam around the island, I got into such a groove that I started dozing off. <laughs> and my brother, hey, what the? He's in a, a support kayak. Hey, what the f are you doing? Wake up! He starts throwing grapes at me. <laughs> Those type of things that you know they're memorable. You know, forget about the fact that, you know I finished it seventeen uh, seven hours and forty five minutes on my back just swimming. 
but but the experiences with my brother and with my wife and and people I met along the way and the events. I mean, it's just that that's what makes it worthwhile. Not not the medal for me. Um, I gave all my medals away, and I think I have a uh, one or two. Uh, but other than that, uh, it's the experience, uh, the little little moments that that are in my mind, and uh, hopefully I can remember them for a long time. So is, is that in part what you'd like to kind of give to the younger generation as the trophy is insignificant to a certain extent, as in it's the it's the the experiences, the people that you meet and you bond with is obviously going to last you. And I can attest to that. And I'm, I'm, I'm 20, 20, 25 years younger, but in terms of, you know, they make a big deal about we we've, we've kind of ruined sports by giving people trophies for participating. But do you think there needs to be more importance put on soaking up every ounce of the, the occasion when, when you're actually there and not, as uh, there was an Olympian put on LinkedIn today, it was more the the grueling aspect of training, and then you don't actually enjoy every aspect of it, and you don't actually enjoy the moment while it's there. Would you like to like to showcase the kids like, well, live it while you've got it, and not have any regrets? Oh yeah, I definitely. Um... I use the example of Hawaii. I mean, we're talking about the top of the top. I got in through the lottery as a, as a para-athlete. Um, that's the only way we can get in. We don't qualify or unless they do our storyline. Um, but being over there and seeing the top of the top of the athlete, I'd say a good 80% were not friendly at all. We're not smiling. We didn't seem to be enjoying it because, yeah, they're going to. But, I mean, not all of them won. So, I mean, what did they get out of it? I mean, did they complete and then maybe smile at the end? I smiled throughout the entire thing. Um, I enjoyed every moment. I could tell you stories of things that happened along the way, things I did. Things. I mean, I, I, it's just, yeah, it, it, it's enjoy the moment. You, you just, it's, it's an incredible experience to be, to have the uh, ability to compete among other athletes, other people and, and doing something you love. Why not enjoy it? Why not smile? Why not? Yeah, you can put, I can still push myself hard and smile at the same time. I, and, and maybe even say hello to somebody. Um, I, I definitely uh, believe that we should make the most of the experience versus the end result of having that medal around my, my, my neck. Yes, it's an achievement, but it wouldn't be any less of an achievement without the medal. It's just, you know, you want to see something that, that helps you remind you of what you did. Uh, I rather keep those memories and, and just every so often go back on them and say, Oh, wow. Remember that? Remember this? Uh, definitely important to me to, for, for the experience. Do you think it helped? It was on a tropical Island as well. As in, there's a lot to, you know, this, the, the five senses of, you know, what you hear and what you see, what you smell. Um, do you think that obviously helps? Cause you said earlier with your wife, oh, I'd rather go somewhere. Uh, obviously nice and tropical than down the street. Do you think for more of um, taking down memory lane, that helps to be able to, you, you said you had like numerous stories along the route. Do you think it's obviously because of those cues? Cause you can, you can, you can remember probably just me talking about, it, you've got vivid memories flowing back 
do you think that's a for, for you it's because it's you were only able to do it twice do you think you actually relish relish it more than maybe maybe the the people that you were talking about you know high higher up of if they don't win they're grumpy and because you didn't finish the first time yeah i um soaked it up even more the second time yeah for sure i i was like i got another shot at this i'm going to do this now i worked my my rear end off um but i i I, you know i didn't forget to enjoy it um here's an example of something um a story that i remember uh there was a gentleman at the second time i did it um he was an elite athlete and i think he's french i don't remember his his exact name but i found his story after because he tagged me but he um he hurt his shoulder he hurt his shoulder broke his arm something happened where he had to run with one arm and bike with one arm and he's telling the story that, you know, his day was pretty much messed up, but he wanted to finish the race on the run. We're running in opposite directions. He goes, you know, and so he wrote about it. He said, why the hell am I complaining about not being able to use my arm when I just saw a guy without arms finishing this race? So it was really cool to, to see that, um, how he used my image to help him overcome his adversity at the moment. And uh, he definitely, he, he said it was a different approach to the race and he enjoyed it. He enjoyed it. He, it was stress-free and, and he finished, I'm sure it finished a lot better than I did, but he uh, finished and uh, he was going to make the most of the experience. Do you think people underestimate um, occasions like that of looking at the bigger picture and sometimes not getting in, in delved into the trenches of, Oh, my my problem is bigger than somebody else's wherever in the world. Do you think when they take a, a step back and do as that French athlete will use as, as an example, because we're not sure, and and uses your story as what what have I got to complain about? I I, I ultimately have a broken arm, but it it will repair yourself. You're missing two arms after that race and, and forever. Do you think? People need to take uh, that kind of perspective from from time to time. I'm not, not saying all the time, but from from time to time when they they actually dwell in and feel sorry for themselves. Yes, definitely. Um, we all should. And I I find myself on time you know at times doing the same thing. And then I I looked at my wife who who battled cancer and she overcame that and that helps me to to bring me back down to earth. And this this is not that big of a deal. This is just something I got to live with, but uh, I'm living. And, uh, you know, so is my wife. Fortunately, she's overcome that. And, uh, but it's it's always going to be a battle for her. And there's always going to be a fear. I'm sure that people that, that, that look at, you know, individuals like myself and, and, and if it helps them bring them back down to earth and say, well, my, you know, what I'm going through is not that bad. I think it's a good idea. And I think it's good for everybody to be able to experience that at some point. And do you think it's, and that's something I can relate with, actor with obviously being born with with a disability. So, so people who haven't listened to my show before, it's normally outside factors that will say, "Oh, your life is very adverse." It's generally coming from the able-bodied community, but in terms of, I have to say and re- reiterate, I don't know any different. You've had to adapt. 
I pretty much hit the ground running. The adversity is for my family as they've got to hear, you know, well, they've heard probably some horrendous stories down, down the old comments, should I say, down the years as when I've heard them at later, I said, well, that must be horrific. And I think I asked during one of the lockdowns, what was it like for, for more like my grandmother who helped my mom when we were growing up? Oh, she went all doom and gloom. So I shared that story on Facebook and people were like, it brought to tears. It's like, yeah, but it's not, it's not heartfelt for me because I've only just learned about this a few minutes ago. As in it's because my grandmother is pretty much, well, she's no longer with us, but very old school of pretty much stereotypical British person, slip, slip off a lip and very stubborn. She never ever portrayed that to me growing up. So any opportunity I had, go for it, James. And obviously I learned to adapt. It's like, well, I can't do it like my friends and my peers were overbodied. Let me find my way of doing it. And I think obviously you've done that with a different style of swimming, which is not, uh, me being a former swimmer is not the quickest to do, to do that distance, but you, you've done it. And it's obviously not the easiest way of doing it, just using your legs for that length of time. Adapting your own bike, which probably was uh, not a small expense. And then doing something that you detest with the run at the end. So I I can't I can't not but nod my hat to you because I've probably looked at trials and I was like, mm, nah. Not I would say it's not too hard, but I was like, mm. it tests tests you you mentally, and people will say, Did you, you're you're quite stubborn, and you got to the Paralympics. Yeah, but I wanted to. That's the that's the difference. So any any aspect of training that I might have not wanted to do, I know it had to it had to be endured. So I'm probably find myself on both sides of the fence in terms of what you're talking about. Not being a pleasant person to be around because I'm doing it because I have to do it. So that's it's unpleasant. So I'll be unpleasant to you. Or I think towards the beginning of my career and, and maybe towards the very end, I did enjoy it, but I didn't enjoy the entirety of it. And that's probably my, I won't call it a regret. I'd love, if I had, to, had the, the, the chance to redo it over again, as one family asked me, uh, I think at Christmas, would you do it all over again? Yeah, I would do it all over again, but I would make different choices. You know, I, I'm with you. Yeah, there, I mean, but we we could all we could all say that, mm-hmm. uh, but I I, I definitely um, make the most of it, and and I salute you. Uh, you definitely, um, it's even even though you were born with your with your situation, it doesn't make any difference. It, it's a difficult life, but you seem to have uh, grasped it and, and made the most of it for sure. Well, it's grabbing as 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 a, as in the uh, Spanish for in it, like grab las cojones, grab life by the balls. Um, so it's so it's, it's what you and I think it starts. I'm relentless, relentlessness that you talked about at the beginning. I, I've always said of that myth, mythical war, 
I'd run through it for the right person. I will, yeah. But I say to people, you don't have to do it that way. That's the sport mentality of running head first into something. It's not always the brightest thing to do, but it's just that, you know, that mindset of you say it can't be done. Okay. I'll give you two choices. You get out the way or I run you over. And that's probably your days of American football. I'm giving you two choices. Which one do you want to choose? <laughs> I like that. That's a, that's a great story. I love that. But but I think now as I've probably transitioned to coaching, I'll say, well, you've got probably about three different choices. You could go over the wall, you could go under it, you could go around it. If you want to be like me and go through it, the prize is that is the, in in all the in all the 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 solutions. The prize is still the other side. But I think what you echoed in terms of it's not about the medal; it's about the memories and doing it for other people. I think that's very humbling. And I think a lot of younger athletes and, and people up and coming need to hear that because it's not, it's not all about you. And yeah. I think social media doesn't help with that as, you know, high school kids are instantly famous because they're, for argument's sake, the high school quarterback. No, you're, you're, you are socially popular. Social media has not made you popular. It's, it's more the the attachment to the position because the line the offensive lineman is just important as important as important for his protection. Yeah. But they pretty much are cannon fodder. Oh, it's my, it's my job. Yeah, but without you, offense doesn't work. That's right. So, so I think it's I think it's trying to be as humble as you've got to remember every piece of the puzzle. There's no there's well the, the, the old saying goes there's no I in team. So, but obviously when you are the coach, the star player, the important player, it, does it always come back to? the the organization or the child that you're you're competing for to to kind of when you have some self-doubt yeah it's just it it got to a point where i was doing so many of these races and it's like okay yeah i'm inspiring the same people over and over again how do i reach out to to others and at the same time do a a good service for for an organization so uh, I came up with this thing about racing for different children and um, it just made it worthwhile now the race is not about me it's it's about these kids and and you know seeing how happy they are when you're giving them a medal. Uh, my first, the first child I raced for, Mary Marianne, I we had um, we had created this picture. It was out of cardboard, a pretty picture, decorated and everything. Um, and I started to swim, and unfortunately, it started shriveling up from the water. Didn't even think about that. On the bike, it 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 uh, came off. Um, and it was just barely hanging on to my, my, uh, tri suit and on the run, it actually fell off and someone gave it to me. I had no way to hold it because I run without my arms. So I put it in my mouth and I ran the, the last, uh, the last half of a uh, 5k while biting down on, on this picture. So I wanted to make sure I didn't lose it. And, uh, I wanted to cross the finish line with that picture. So it was like, you know, even that, I mean, that's, it's just, uh, so many memories and so many wonderful moments uh 
that were difficult, yet they were memorable and they were special because that little girl was going to get uh, the first medal. And um, it, it was just, you know, it made it all worthwhile. So what kind of contingency plans did you have after that little mishap? I I I uh, laminated it in plastic, and it was attached with like shoestring around my neck. <laughs> I made sure I didn't lose it again. Um, from that point on, it uh, it became very uh, you know I had a system. I had, I would grab you know we have like ten children right off the bat. I I get all their bios. You know we will also share their storyline, and then I have a link to the center so people can donate. Uh, I created different events. I created an Ironman uh, race. Um, actually, it was a double Ironman race, but it wasn't it wasn't a competitive. So I had people swim five miles with me and then ride a bike for 220 miles and then uh, run a uh, um, 50 miles at the end um, with me together. And we did that for the center. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's just it, it's it makes it so special to be able to race for these kids and and get these kids uh, medals, which they had no other way of getting themselves. And when you say some of those those figures in terms of distances, it makes me makes me shit myself. <laughs> it's this you, you you play it down, but that's some that's some mileage. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you, when I'm doing it, I'm like, why did I do this? Why did I sign up for this thing? But after the fact, it's like, yeah, it was no big deal. But I remember being on the floor and uh, uh, one of my uh, uh, fellow athletes who's uh, a nurse, she's giving me an IV because I'm so dehydrated. I'm on the floor of a uh, fire station halfway through the bike and she's feeding uh, fluids into my uh, my veins so I can finish this thing. Um, yeah, it, it's just, uh, yeah, I look back on them and they're, they're wonderful stories. But yeah, during the moment, it's like, why am I doing this? But I, 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 I knew why. And I was able to raise, I think, some some twelve to fifteen thousand for for the center that that one day. So it was pretty cool. That's that's that's, a, that's well, it's very very humbling to to hear you say. And let's 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 fast forward to to last year now, Hector. And you you said obviously the pandemic was as it has been for probably thousand probably well I say thousand probably billions of people this year. How challenging has it been for you to potentially stay motivated? Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm fortunate. I have my family, uh, you know, I've got kids, grandkids. Um, my mom's still around, my brothers. I mean, I have the family and, and, you know, we did a lot of yard work during that time. Uh, we built a lot in our backyard. And, and so I, I was able to stay motivated because I, I set out to create something I have some difficulty and then able to, to overcome it, to create what I had in mind, uh, you know, from sales in the backyard to landscaping, helping my wife with uh, building her a butterfly garden. You know, these are things that I took, I took the same amount of uh, inspiration or motivation that I do for a race. I used it for that purpose. And I do it every day. Uh, little projects here and there are, you know, once you overcome it and you finish the project, it's it's thrilling it's thrilling and satisfying and it's the same thing i go through when i do a race so you want you're a man of loving the process yeah i love the process yes that's a great way to put it why why do you think from your perspective or your opinion hector that people don't always 
or, or, or love or are passionate about the process? They want instant gratification. They want uh, reward for you know hardly any work. You know, you, it takes a lot of work. Um, for someone like me, something simple. I mean, I can lift a hundred pound bag and, and walk ten miles with it. But if I'm picking up a pin or uh, something off the floor, it's frustrating and it takes forever. Um, I just I appreciate the effort and the work that I put in to accomplish things. Um, I definitely, uh, I, I appreciate it. And, and being close to death some 29 years ago and having that second chance, I appreciate everything I do. And, and the process is part of what I do. Do you think that, va- that, that value needs to be, I'm not going to generalize and say it's all of society, but it needs to be brought back into f- f- the front and minds of people as, to 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 reap the rewards of anything you do obviously it's dark but hard work yeah i i do believe so and and we've gotten away from it uh yeah with social media like you said you know these people are famous for just taking pictures of themselves or posting something and it's not you know it's not a lot of hard work involved i you know when we talk about something like tiktok i appreciate like the the little skits and the little things like that and those are you know i see some creativity and i appreciate that but when someone you know it's just boring good looking and they're just posting oh they're they're in front of this or in front of that and then they become famous yeah no work was done <laughs> not a lot of work was done so well, um, i'm for i'm fortunate people can't well you know as in you remember the old saying going the people that don't have good looks to do radio and the, the people that, <laughs> i'm i'm I, well, my family have always had a go at me because I had a tendency to, when I was younger, look in the mirror all the time. It's like it's it's going to break if you look at it too much. So I've probably taken that and taken a back seat. It's like, well, I'm fortunate to have good genes, but I appreciate hard work. I actually like it. So um, I'm probably I'm probably similar to you in terms of, I may have come down the tiers from international level to 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 like club and regional, but it's still a choice to turn up and put yourself through the mincer because people will kind of say, "Well, James, why do you do it?" Uh, I don't know. I'm maybe a little, a little bit senile up there. I'm a bit crazy. <laughs> maybe a little bit crazy, but it, it you 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 reap what you sow in terms of pretty much you plant things they grow but it, it it is very addictive in terms of you know exercise and socializing and it, it, i think not having parallel, well disabled sport because of the pandemic is be it, it's showing where where actually the importance was it wasn't the sport that i miss it was the people so it's like okay, sports not it's, it's you thought it was the holy grail for probably twenty years. It's like no, you actually love the interaction with people, and I was lucky to to do it on the world stage. So you meet people from all over all over the globe, so they all got different journeys, but everybody's seeking the same outcome. So. 
I, I think your story, and I wanted to have you on because it's like, well, I want to know how you t- you you take mentally in terms of what possesses you to do 250 miles on a bike. Well, 500, sorry, 500 on a bike and things like that because it's like, well, hmm. you need to have a why. Your, why. your why needs to be pretty strong to to do these feats of what some people will say crazy, craziness. <laughs> but obviously they don't they don't always look at the you know the big picture of the why the why is huge in terms of you're you're doing it for organization organizations that are bigger than yourself you're doing to to doing it for people that are fighting to stay alive so it's like well you when you look at it in in that simple thing it's like well they don't have really an out it's like i i quit i die um, I know people don't like to look at it as black and white, but sometimes I think people need to do that because it's like, well, you need to have a solution or a, a contingency plan to do it. And I think probably because based on people's backgrounds, they look for a way or, or not, I won't say a way out, easy way out as well, I'll create another problem. And you think to yourself, why? I've given you, I've solved the problem. Why are you putting another one up there when it doesn't really need to, to, to be ever present? But that's where I've probably tried to reverse engineer and try to find why, why, why is the problem presenting itself in the first place? And I was on a show earlier today as they asked, well, why did you get, how did you get into coaching? Or why didn't you go into coaching straight from sport? Like, I couldn't do that. Because I was a different animal, straight out of competitive sport. I had no empathy to anybody. It would be, you look fat? Why? Why did you do that to yourself? Not actually ask the reasons why. And I think I've, I've become maybe more human as it's like, well, they haven't had all the, the the luxuries that I have and I take for granted. So why didn't I not ask and then be able to build people up from the ground up, not just turn around and say, you've got a house in Florida and it keeps obviously falling down because of hurricane after hurricane. Let's build the foundations up properly. It might weather as the storm, it might not. But at least you've got solid foundations to keep doing it, going back towards, as opposed to, you know, everything goes completely awry. Um, as uh, I think what they were saying about with landslides in, in California, they build nice houses on, on the mountainside and then they will sweep away because they haven't done they haven't done the due diligence of doing more work to make them secure completely. So I, I, it comes back to what we were talking about. If you enjoy the process, it makes the, makes the work a lot easier. And I have been there. So I've hated the process and hated every minute of it. But I think if I had the chance to speak to myself 
as a 30 year old now to a 20 year old and kind of say, look at the bigger picture. You are very fortunate to be where you are. I don't know if my 20 self would listen, but in terms of it would make me feel better to kind of give that advice to kind of say, think about other people that don't have that opportunity to, to have that dream of, of, you know, representing the country. And uh, it, it, it's, it, I think people need to remember that. It's like the position you're in, you need to be grateful a bit more often. Yep, definitely. Definitely. So that being said, that's on me. Let's take the spotlight off me and put it back on you, actor. What does the future hold with you will be positive post-COVID? I hope to get back to racing. Um, I will be signing up. I actually broke my foot uh, about three weeks ago, and uh, I've been walking on it gingerly, but that's not the one that's giving me issues. It's my bursitis on the left foot that makes me limp on there. So get healthy, get back at it, uh, You know, do mostly uh, shorter races. Eventually, I want to get more into the swimming and the cycling full-time versus the running. The running is taking a toll on my, on my body. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the, the next race, um, the next biggest, bigger event is in August and I'll be swimming around, uh, Mackinac Island, uh, in like 50 to 60 degree water and, and, uh, for 8.2 miles. Uh, so that's, that's the next big one I'm going to do. Well, we will, we can look at the positive at least it's not the winter. Yeah, exactly. It's not the winter. And that, and I'm hoping to finish my book. Uh, I got delayed on the book. Uh, uh, I spent the last couple of years trying to finish it up. And with COVID and the uh, finances and all that, I'm hoping to finish that soon. Uh, I've got a lot of people waiting on it. And um, definitely want to tell my story in, the, in print. Well, it's difficult because people say, keep saying, oh, James, when are you going to write a book on yourself? It's like it's hard because it's where do you come vulnerable? <laughs> You want to make it interesting. Sometimes I think, hey, I don't think it's that interesting. <laughs> but I, I guess people think it is. So, yeah, yeah well, I'm, I'm with. That's personal experience, isn't it, Hector, in terms of uh, looking at it from a perspective of you're your own harshest critic. Yeah. <laughs> so my, my penultimate question to you, Hector, is if you had to sit down with any athlete dead or alive, for that matter, who would it be and why? Hmm. Any athlete, dead or alive, um, huh? That's a good question. Uh, I've never really given it much thought. Uh, I grew up a baseball fan, uh, you know, and a basketball fan. I mean, Michael Jordan is is somebody I would love to to hang out and, and see. You know, that that's a competitive guy. Uh, from you know, definitely not going to play golf with him or, or basketball. But uh, or baseball, even <laughs> for that matter. But someone like that, yeah, I would love to pick his brain and, and what makes him tick. Um, not that he's my hero or anything. I just like the competitive aspect of this guy. This guy's story is like, holy moly. Um, if I had that ability, I'd probably be like him. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really don't have someone like that that I can say, this is the guy I want to you know hang out with and See what makes him take. He'd probably be the closest one to that. I appreciate your honesty. And my final question before we wrap up the episode 
if you had to summarize what we'd be speaking about into one sentence for people to take away, what would that be? I think that we, we dwelled on it. Enjoy the process. Enjoy the experience. Make it most, the most out of that moment. You never know if you're ever going to have it again. Definitely. And obviously, where can people find you on social media and learn more about your story? Well, I do have my Facebook. Uh, it's under Hector Picard. And then the um, uh, I, the uh, Instagram, I, I started a TikTok, which I'm going to make it more and less about sports and more about everyday living kind of things for, for me. And then my YouTube, um, the one video that everybody seems to, to know is the uh, changing a bike flat without hands. So definitely uh, I want people to see me that, you know, I, I have the same issues we all do. Uh, it's just a little more difficult to overcome them, but uh, yeah, you could definitely follow me on any one of those. So for anybody out there, I'll put all the links in the description uh, below. So once again, Hector, thanks again for coming on the Mindset Athlete Podcast. Hey, thank you so much for the opportunity, and it's a pleasure meeting you, and I uh, wishing you the best, my friend. That's been my pleasure. Thanks again for tuning in, and I hope you enjoyed this episode and got loads from it. Anything that was included and discussed will be available in the show notes below. And I would love to hear from you. Come and connect and ask your questions. I've been James Roberts from jamesowenroberts.com. Remember this quote by Chris Hoth. An athlete is a mindset. It's how you prepare, think, and execute, not by some elite status or physical stature. Anybody can be an athlete.